This is Crime Connections, and we're your hosts. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jackie. So last week we said we would tell you about more crimes committed against people in aviation, and today we'll take you about 8,200 miles from the USA to Makate, Philippines. This is the unraveling story of the beautiful 23-year-old flight attendant, Christine Angelica De Serra. Now let's get into it. Christine De Serra was the second of four children, and she was well-educated. She graduated from the University of the Philippines in Mindanao. I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong. So she graduated cum laude, receiving a communications degree. She danced, modeled, and joined pageants. And she was even going as far as being one of the finalists in a really big pageant. And it is called Mutanya Ndenvo in 2019. So she was a finalist. In 2019, she moved to Manila to work as a flight attendant for the Philippine Airlines which later she's remembered for being an upstanding professional crew member. And according to our mother, Sharon, her dream was to bring her family around the world. To many people that knew her, she wasn't just a beautiful girl, but to those who didn't, she was. And that may be why her case has taken so many turns and has been so sensational to the point where hashtag justice for Christine DeSera rocked the internet earlier this year, and it was all around the world. On December 31st of 2020, it was the beginning of a celebration. DeSera and her other friends checked into the luxury city garden hotel in Makate City. Della Cerno, one of her male friends, checked in around 11 a.m. and she checked in around noon. DeSera was in room 2209, and the room numbers for the group are as followed, 2207 and then 2009. Friends arrived at different times throughout the day and they traveled between these rooms celebrating what was a crazy year and just enjoying being around each other. And the footage from the CCTV camera in the hallway, it shows Christine and her friends just like traveling room to room and by all accounts they looked like they were just drinking and having a blast. It is unknown how many people were truly at the party, but from different reports I've read, it seems that the number of people was about 13 and 12 of them being male including the hotel manager. But when I watched interviews, they claimed that there was like seven people staying in room 2207 and 11 staying in 2209. So the reports are really all over the place, but just for like making it easy, we'll say there was about 13, just because that's what most reports are saying. So some of these party goers were colleagues of Christine and the other were her friends and then friends of friends. And by most reports, she knew almost all of them. Um, And I would also like to point out that Christine was a huge supporter of the LGBTQ community, and most of the men at the party were gay. There is a video out of Christine kissing a man in a white ball cap that's caught on the CCTV camera, who turned out to be one of her really close friends, Valentine Rosales, who identifies as gay. And there's no proof to say in any way that he hurt her or anything. Um, And there was a lot of quotes saying that he loved her and that he would never harm her and this was the really the only intimate interaction that we saw from that night on the camera and that we know of so in the early morning hours of january 1st christine calls her mom to tell her about the festivities and not long after that christine starts getting sick and you can see on the cctv camera in the hallway she's moving from room to room but then at about 4 a.m she's seen being carried back to room 2209 from 2207 She's conscious when she's being carried. 
And about some time after this, she's in her hotel bathroom and she continues to vomit and her friends claim that yes, she was vomiting, but there wasn't much liquid coming out while she was doing this. It was more like heavy dry heaving and very labored breathing to the point where like they made her a bed in the bathtub with blankets and pillows so she could sleep in the bathroom close to the toilet. And while the party continues, Christine is noticeably sick, but it doesn't seem to be anything super alarming to her friends. It's not abnormal for people to be sick, especially at parties where they're drinking and there's food and, you know, it's not an abnormal thing. Right, and you don't know what they were, like, mixing, and she was drinking all day into mm-hmm. the next day. So, like I said, I don't know how much was consumed or what was being mixed, but like you said, like, it's not abnormal. For sure. And so Clark, and Clark, I'm sorry, but I don't know if I'm going to pronounce your last name correctly. So it's Clark uh, Rapinin, but we're just going to call him Clark to make it easy, um, said that DeSera kept vomiting and around 7.30 a.m. he assisted in giving her a bathrobe. And by 8 a.m. Clark urged her to come sleep in the bed in their room. And she refused because she didn't want to vomit or pee on the bed, so she insisted herself she wanted to stay in the bathroom. And so he allowed her to rest in the bathtub because that's where she wanted to be, which, again, if I'm sick, I would rather be close to the toilet than in a bed where, obviously, I'm going to leave evidence behind that I might not have had a good night. Exactly. And so around 10 a.m., one of her colleagues, Romel Galido, um, checked it in on her and he thought she was sleeping so he let her be and then by noon he came back in to check on her and he realized her lips were like purplish blue so he rushed to find their other close friends de guzman and del cerna to seek help and so de guzman said that when he arrived to the scene de sarah was no longer breathing and he could not feel her heartbeat in her chest but he did say that she felt warm so they lifted her out of the bathtub and the men called management like the hotel management to get help and they did their best to like perform life-saving measures so they were performing cpr and in a Head Start interview I watched from the beginning of January, Clark, JP, Rommel, and Valentine said that they called down to the lobby to ask for assistance. They said the hotel staff was really slow. It took them a long time to get anyone up to even check her out in the rooms. And then when they finally did, they brought a wheelchair to help transport her. But the hotel, according to them, did not perform CPR. They didn't really help them or assist them. So it was her friends trying to do the CPR. And according to a report by ABS and CBN on January 3rd, the hotel called a rescue team and no one came. So her friends, yeah, so her friends and the hospital staff, they rushed her um, to Makate Medical Center. And her friend Clark in that interview said he was a nurse, but I would like to mention that the interview was very hard because they were speaking Filipino and I speak only English. But I did um, convert some of the stuff into English. So again, 100% of the interview wasn't able to be understood just because I don't speak Filipino. Yeah. And according to the 7 News, the hotel advised them to rush her to the Makate Medical Center. But when she did arrive, she was declared dead due to a ruptured aortic aneurysm. And the hospital reported the death to Makate City Police. Meanwhile, the other men from the adjacent hotel room were gone by then, which they might not have known what was going on. And at certain times, you do have to check out of the hotel. So they might have 
you know, at that time they didn't know she was dead. They knew something was wrong with their friend or maybe some of them didn't know because mm -hmm. they're not going to, I don't, I don't know if they woke up everyone. I don't know the well, and intimate I'm details in a, of that. In an emergency type of situation, you're going to get maybe one or two people. You're not going to wake up the whole entire place and be like, oh right. my God, because the more hands you get involved, it just is, makes it so messy. messy. Yeah. Yeah, so they they made that like in public news that they just like left, but it's like her friends that went with her, they stayed with her at the hospital and so I just I don't think it's abnormal that they left. They had to check out at some point. Mm -hmm. um, at this point, I would like to say we don't know the names of all the men that attended this party and we still don't even now. So at the time they didn't know who all was attending this party and like police wise and to this day they don't and we'll get more into that in a minute but um there are a lot of speculation around that so on january 2nd 2021 the coroner performs the autopsy on christine's body at the Rizal funeral homes in pese city at around 9 a.m it was performed by michael nick Saramien saramento <laughs> again i am so sorry for botching names but his findings on this were the post-mortem findings on the incident through the medico legal report by the southern police district crime laboratory office which eventually circulated on social media indicated that the cause of death was consistent with what was previously reported which was a ruptured aortic aneurysm it also mentions bruises on DeSera's right hand, right thigh, knees, ankles, right foot, and a linear abrasion on her right thigh. And deep healed lacerations and abrasion were also reported um, during a genital examination. And the document also noted that DeSera was already embalmed prior to the autopsy. So I thought that was super weird, but at the same time, if they aren't thinking anything sinister happened, they're gonna continue to process her as, as like- normal. Yeah, but remember that it's a deep healed laceration and abrasion on her genital area. So it's not fresh. Mm-hmm. Well, and once you're dead, nothing is going to heal. Exactly. So it's gonna, it's gonna appear the way it was when the examiner had the body. Mm-hmm. And so, which obviously neither one of us are experts when it comes to autopsies, but embalming is going to mess with potential evidence. And that is even something that is still widely discussed when people are talking about this case, because when someone's embalmed, the chemicals used in that process are very strong and they can destroy vital DNA and other evidence. So when you have someone come in that is a victim of a crime they don't embalm you right away mm -hmm. um they do their autopsies they check everything out and they make sure everything like all the p's and q's are done so i don't know if that was on purpose because they thought she died of natural causes or if it was done by negligence well and it's super weird to have embalmed someone and then do the autopsy exactly that's the, to me i mean maybe maybe that's the thing i don't know like i've never I, heard of that though i'm just very ignorant when it comes to that so um, I looked up something, if you want me to say it really quick. Yeah, what is it? It says, can an autopsy be performed if the body has embalmed? Yes, however, for the best outcome, an autopsy should be performed on an unembalmed body after proper refrigeration. If there is a longer delay beyond one week between the time of death and the autopsy, embalming is recommended to preserve the body tissue. And then on January 3rd, yet another examination on her body was performed and finished earlier in that day. So within two days, um, 
she had multiple examinations, but they were reported to the media, which I thought was weird because why are you reporting to the media so soon? Especially if it's an open case. Yeah, and why, like, if she died of natural causes, like, yes, it needs to be investigated. It happened at a party. It happened at a public mm -hmm. place. However, I don't know why it's being released to the media so soon. So Makate City Police, headed by Chief Colonel Harold Deposithar, then reports details of the death to the media after two days after the incident. So he, the lead person, is the one that's reporting these findings to the media. The following day on the 4th, the police claim that they had solved the case. So at this point... Solved the case? Yeah. Like, so now we have a case. And he's saying there was a rape slay, and through autopsy reports, her cause of death was an aortic aneurysm. So you're saying in, in these reports that she died of something that is a natural cause, but now all of a sudden it's a rape slay, but then you have these deep-healed lacerations, which I feel like they would be fresh if they were... If they had if just happened. they had just happened, yeah. Yeah. The Philippine National Police, or the PNP is how it's just shorter that way. That's what they are referred to in a lot of the articles. And the chief of police, General Debold Sinas, said that they already had arrested three of the 11 men. Um, John Paul Halili and Romel Galdido and John uh, Della Serna. So these were th three of Christine's closest friends. These are the ones that were arrested. These are the ones that had been at that party and two of them were the ones that got her to the hospital. A rape with homicide complaints was filed during the inquest proceedings at the Makati City Prosecutor's Office. Meanwhile, the police are still trying to track down the other suspects at this time. Which is crazy because wouldn't you think it's been a while you could find them? Like, yeah, so... How is it this hard? And you would think that the hotel would have all of these people's information coming in and out of the hotels, especially overseas, because they make you show your passport before you can even check in. Yeah, but then you also have the issue of people saying, oh, there's only going to be two here, but then they cram in a million people and split the cost. Yeah, that's but true. But at the same time, I don't know... Well, I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. the hotel manager was at this party, so... So, yeah. <laughs> maybe he did not care, um, but... Which would be my guess. Yeah. So that's what I'm thinking may have been the situation. Mm -hmm. But by the 5th, Christine's case has gained so much media coverage, and it's made national news, and more developments are coming to the media with each passing day. In an interview with CNN Philippines, the police chief, Colonel Harold Depositar, said that traces of semen were also found in DeSera's body. Actually, I was looking into this because I was curious if this was a thing. Because she was embalmed, I have read that a lot of DNA is destroyed if it were a case because of the embalming chemicals. Right. They are very strong. And so how do you find that after she was embalmed? Like, I'm so curious on how he's claiming this. Right. And then there's other reports saying it was found on the genital area because on and in are two different things. Well, yeah. And so in that re in that interview, he says in. And this was not previously indicated in the micro legal report. So that's what's crazy because you have a professional that does this for a living and that wasn't found. And now all of a sudden he's doing an interview saying that there was semen found in her. Well, and I, when I was reading it, they actually said it was even, it's even hard to find traces of evidence, yeah. such as hair and things like that from another body or someone else. Exactly. Other than the body they're embalming. Once it's embalmed because of the chemicals. It just doesn't make any sense. Deteriorating things. It's, yeah, it yeah. destroys it. 
And he adds that um, the suspects may have used force, but he said that some of the suspects identify themselves as gay. Meanwhile, all of this is going on. He's making these claims, and I call them claims because there's not... I mean, all of a sudden, he goes on there, and now all of a sudden, there's this DNA that mm-hmm. was not previously found by the professional. Well, and they're public claims. Like, if you want to have this theory, like, keep it to the police department, not the whole entire world. Right. You would think that that would not be something that's within, what, four days, five days of her um, passing away that they're mm-hmm. releasing this. This is not stuff that I would think you would release right away. DeSera's family revealed in a briefing that they had sought another autopsy to dispute the initial findings that the authorities had found, saying that she had died of natural causes, and the family spokesperson noted the injuries on DeSera's legs, arms, as well as her remains were serving as enough evidence to establish probable cause of rape. But again, like, some of these injuries that, you know, when you're partying, you bump things, you know, you're puking, Mm -hmm. That might explain some of the bruising that she has on her body. Yeah. But again, I wasn't there, and I'm not the professional, so I don't know for sure. I'm just saying some of these things well, are not adding up. Well, thing that I would think of, which obviously I can't guarantee this, but if you're on vacation, especially that type of vacation, you would think that maybe she had done something, like a water sport or something, mm-hmm. that also could give you bruises and things like that. That, and as a flight attendant myself, you bump into the aisle armrest, you you run into things. I walk out and I have bruises all over my thighs because, you know, people put their arms in the aisle way and then you run into it and then I'll have like an elbow bruise on mm-hmm. my thigh. You can get these bruises on planes just as easy as you can getting them you know if you're doing stuff while you're on vacation you know yeah, we like don't know skiing, like something you know yeah we anything. don't know what she did the day before yeah so and we don't know again how long these bruises were there or, or how she, old they were that or mm-hmm. she was drunk she could have fallen you don't know especially so, her having video of her walking in the hallway mm-hmm. going back and forth yeah and so here is the part that really like has me shocked is later on the 5th the pnp gives the suspects that are also considered suspects so we have three of the 11 and they have 72 hours to surrender or authorities will hunt them down is what they said so then obviously i'd be scared (laughs) well yeah yeah, so January 6th rolls around, and the PNP spokesperson stresses that DeSera's case could not yet be considered closed in conjunction with what was previously stated by the original head person of her case, where he was like, it's solved. You do not solve a case, no matter what it is, open and closed right away, unless it's just so, like, handed to you on a silver platter. There's no mm-hmm. way. There's so many people involved in this. You can't say that it's closed within two or three days of it happening. No. So that's why they hop on January 6th and say, no, we can't consider this closed. So later in that day, DeSera's remains were brought to the PNP headquarters for a private funeral service, and only her family members and a few close friends were allowed. And then meanwhile... Makate City Police Prosecutor's Office ordered the release of the three detained men. So, so that's John Paul Rommel and then John De La Serna that they're releasing because there wasn't enough evidence to hold them. And they're citing that the police need to submit the results of the DNA analysis, toxicology reports, and the, the histopath examination. A preliminary investigation on the others have yet to be conducted. So they haven't they don't even have this stuff yet, okay? So they're saying that there's semen in her genitals and that they haven't 
submitted any of these reports to the upper prosecutor's office. Which then makes me think they're saying this and it's not real. And it's not, yeah, it's not justified. So on January 7th, DeSera's remains were flown home in General Santos City in the morning for a private funeral again. So now her, her remains are getting sent to her hometown. A friend of the DeSera family told reporters that the body had been submitted to a second autopsy before it was sent home, but the findings would not be disclosed to the public. And then later in that day, um, De La Serna, Clark, and then Galito and Rosales, so Valentine's Rosales is the guy that she kissed as a recap, also reiterated their innocence and insisted that DeSera died of natural causes. So they were in- interviewed and they're all saying like, hey, this is... Like, no one hurt her. Like, this Mm -hmm. is what's going on. And I feel like they wouldn't be out there saying those things if they were guilty. I mean, maybe, but, like, why would you put yourself in in the media, like, forefront if you really believe that you didn't do anything wrong? I just don't think that at this point they would be doing that. So then on January 8th, the National Capital Region Police Office announces that it is creating a special investigative task force to help look into this case. And then it's a big possibility that the samples taken from DeSera's body may have been contaminated due to the embalming process that was done before the autopsy, which obviously we just mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So now they're coming out to the public saying, hey, the embalming process, they're finally saying that, is that may have tainted some of the evidence. This whole case is an actual crap show. Like... The way it is Mm -hmm. unfolding is just ridiculous to me. Yeah. I can't even believe, like, this is a joke. Right. So seven days after you made initial statements, now you have to come back in and say, hey, um, actually, there's no way that all of that DNA could have been, you know, credible. Like, no crap. And I feel like this is them trying to cover up that they didn't have DNA because they can't even hold these people that they're claiming that did all this. Mm-hmm. They can't even hold them because they don't have DNA. Right. I think they lied and they're just trying to cover their butt now. Yep. And so let's just fast forward January 9th. DeSera's parents revealed that they had filed a complaint seeking the immediate relief of the original medical examiner who performed the autopsy. So they want him out. They think that he had gross negligence and he was incompetent. Basically, they just don't believe that he he did anything right, which he's the one that said originally, the hospital's like, she died from an aortic aneurysm. He goes in, he says, yes, this is what happened. But they're not liking that. But because, okay. That, that, um, that finding. Mm-hmm. So her dying of natural causes is not sitting well with them. And I don't really blame them because if you have someone coming in and going on the media saying my daughter was raped and slain and she like these are the guys that did it and now she is going on saying it could have been a natural cause of death who are you going to believe you know well yeah especially if the chief police officer is coming forward and saying yes this is fact this is true this is what happened to her Mm-hmm. without any evidence but yep. he's still saying it publicly so now you have it convinced in a grieving mother yeah of course she's gonna believe it she's gonna think that yeah her daughter was raped she's gonna consider the worst case scenario because you have someone saying that i just i i don't know and also like it's not 
maybe it was his fault. I haven't, I didn't, I wasn't able to conclusively say that he's the reason she was embalmed, but if he's performing the autopsy right after she's embalmed, like we said before, maybe she was embalmed because they did not think anything sinister happened. And mm-hmm. so they're trying to preserve her body so that way it can go for the funeral. If she, especially if she doesn't well, yeah. live closely. People, like, you start decomposing the second you die. Exactly. Well, I'm just curious, what made them think something happened? happened? That's what I'm saying. If you die of a natural cause, now all of a sudden she was she was found out to be in a partying in a hotel room with a bunch of guys, which you can find media reports saying, oh, well, we blame her if she like was raped because she was partying with so many men. First of all, do not victim blame the victim. And was she truly a victim of a crime is really the question at hand, Mm -hmm. because now you're you have the officials coming forward saying, hey, we don't really know if that actually happened because yeah. the DNA there's not there's it's not conclusive. You can't prove anything, especially if it's tainted. Mm-hmm. So well, and you're victimizing these men, right? Without any evidence, which is just what is I don't understand how that is acceptable, especially as a police chief, because mm-hmm. you can ruin someone's life whether they're whether it's true or not like let's say it's not true but that will always be connected to them it'll linger over them you go to apply for a job or like her colleagues that are also flight attendants can you imagine one if they haven't been fired all of their coworkers are going to have a side are they picking christine's side did christine was she murdered was she raped like whose side are you going to choose because yeah. no matter what now that now there's that attached to them exactly so on january 10th uh the sarah was laid to rest at the forest lake memorial park in general santos city more than a week after her death at this time the nbi already has identified room numbers 207 occupants the justice secretary um mendero gaviera said that he would not reveal the names until they were summoned so he's trying to keep some some anonymity of these uh, people. Which is crazy because it's like you've been telling everything right away and now you're wanting to be quiet about it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, Gaviera announced the results on January 11th of the forensic examination of DeSera's body and would he said it would soon be released and eight of the 11 people that they were looking into also have been represented by lawyers so basically eight of these 11 people have lawyered up which honestly they should at this point because well definitely they're being like totally blasted Mm -hmm. in the media and so the nbi deputy director said that he found encouraging leads and pieces of evidence that would prove whether there was a lapse in the first autopsy conducted which how but then he added that so far there is a good indication that a crime was committed and he also requested that the other suspects who had not yet surfaced cooperate with them and so at this time like these guys are not saying the names of these other men that haven't come forward but they're also saying you have another official saying yes there was a crime committed well how can you say that mm-hmm. again because you don't have a hundred percent of the proof to say that there was well and how much evidence was damaged and if there even was evidence that's what i'm yeah so that's it's just kind of messy so on january 12th 
Uh, in a press briefing, it's disclosed that the room 2207 and room 2209 have been looked into, but then they're also now looking into rooms 2009 because they think that potential evidence in her death could be linked there as well. So that's when I said originally that 2207 and 2209 are the main rooms. And then all of a sudden 2009 is now one of the rooms as well. I feel like they're reaching so hard. Yeah. So he also stressed that bodily fluids were retrieved in the second autopsy and have been forwarded to the death investigation division, which will be one that provides like further details and final assessments of the forensic team. And then later in the day, Guevara revealed that about 100 milliliters of urine was extracted from DeSera's body, which would also further aid in the investigation, which is super controversial because, again, the whole embalming process would have destroyed potential evidence. And you have so many people that do this for a living that come on the media and are like, hey, that's probably not totally true and even if you did get that much urine what are you going to find from it are you doing a toxicology report to see if she had like anything in her system that Mm -hmm. might have aided in something well and during a embalming they drain all liquids from the body yeah so so again well technically then i would think the urine would be not tainted from the embalming chemicals if if it was done properly well because i don't I don't think they would leave the urine in her because she yeah. would, once she starts, it would release from her body yeah. in one way or the other. And so that would be very messy. So typically during the embalming, you take all the fluids So out. that's why everyone that super is super weird. well versed in that, they have commented and they're like, yeah, uh, I don't know if you did really find that. <laughs> like, Yeah, like that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. After the 12th, there's like a pause. They haven't released anything, and I think that's probably because upper people have been like, hey, stop talking to the media, because if you don't have your facts straight, you should not be presenting these accusations as fact. Yeah. Well, because it's just, it goes everywhere. It goes everywhere. You're making it so much messier than it should have been. Exactly. So you fast forward to April 27th, all 11 men have been cleared. Shocker. Because, yeah, guess what? There wasn't enough evidence to conclusively say that any of them harmed her. So in a 19-page resolution issued Tuesday, April 27th, the prosecutor said there was no probable cause to charge the 11 men. DeSera's mother has submitted a medical legal report supposedly showing the, and when I stressed earlier, the deep healed lacerations in the young woman's genital area, the prosecutor said it's insufficient to prove that there was penile penetration or carnal knowledge was, was committed immediately prior to the examination so the prosecutor said the analysis showed that there was no mixed dna observed in DeSera's underwear so if you're gonna say that 11 men gang raped her there's going to be like multiple people's dna mixed together yeah and they said that there was a dna found in her genital area but again like how did you find that? Because she was embalmed. Mm-hmm. And then if you did find it, is it one person's DNA? Is it a Wouldn't mixture it be of 11? A bunch? Yeah, you would think. Like, come on. Jeez, man. Well, and like we've said, it's healed. And if this were really to happen two days, a day prior to her being dead, don't you think it would have been fresh? I mean, come on. Well, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. That's kind of where my head's at, too. So 
While it may be true that a rape may have been committed or even a sexual assault, the DNA of the vaginal swabbing proved that there was no other DNA that came in contact with the deceased, thus negates the allegation of rape either by carnal knowledge or by sexual assault. And that's the prosecutor saying that. So well, now he has just said, okay, the original police chief, what you said, not true. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but, I mean, you can always come back with the fact that, okay, like, they could have used condoms or, you know, yeah, But you would still have that um, residue. residue. Exactly. Yeah. So that's just, like, another thing that they they talk about. And we go back to those deep healed lacerations on her genital area. It says deep and healed. Mm-hmm. That would, if if something happened to her, it would be fresh. And, and that's what breaks my heart for her mother, Sharon, because now her mom's like, okay, well, what happened to my daughter? Mm-hmm. Because if something did happen to her, it didn't happen that night. That night, yeah. That trip. That Exactly. So the resolution runs through all the details of how the party started up until the time her friends found her. And so they kind of reiterate all of these things. And then another report was submitted and they said the presence of semen were found in the beddings of 2209 which belonged to Christine and the hotel room that most of her friends were staying her close friends what I want to point out is like in a hotel room you already know she was sleeping in the bathroom in the in in the bathtub Mm -hmm. she had a little bed so if she's sleeping in there why would her friends not want to sleep in the bed you know yeah and who's to say okay Yes, there was DNA and semen found in that bed. You don't know who hooked up with who at a party. Well, and not only that, but hotels are pretty freaking dirty. That's another thing. How many times do you go into a hotel room and you're like, it kind of looks like the bed was just remade. Yeah. You don't know if the semen found in that bed was even from those people. Exactly. Well, and haven't you seen those, um, they're like episodes or I don't know where you where I saw them. But I remember seeing where they took a, a light, a black light, and they showed how dirty hotels yeah. are. Yep, yep. I mean, come on. Just because you found semen doesn't mean... Well, Ian, even if you did find semen, that was recent. Okay, mm-hmm. fine. What would stop someone from hooking up, like you said? Well, and that's the thing, too. And just because you found semen does not prove that there was a sexual assault or rape committed. No. It could have been between two consenting adults. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, you did find this. Well, you would, if it was involving Christine, you'd find vaginal fluid along with that semen. Yeah. And they didn't find that. So, again, like, you're, it sounds so much like they're reaching and they're just trying yeah. to make it. Well, and just because it's under her name it. doesn't mean she stayed in there. She stayed in there or yeah. that other people didn't because there was so many people. They said there was like seven people in that room alone. So, hello she's not the only one there and both rooms all all these people had access to both rooms going in and out who's to say at some point during that party you know someone didn't go hook up during that party yeah exactly it who's like you just there's just not enough no so then after that happens now we have accusations saying that there was drugs at this party and so christine's mom said that she she thinks her drink was spiked but again chemical report like the chemistry reports done says that there was no conclusive presumption to say that she did have drugs in her system and that was stated by the prosecutor the prosecutor of this case was like no there's no proof to say her drink was spiked or that she even had drugs in her system 
And so, again, like, okay, you okay, you found that the semen didn't come through. Okay, so now all of a sudden there's drugs and yeah. she was her drink was spiked. They're looking for something that's not there. Mm-hmm. So, and also like side note, if so, she is a flight attendant. There was other flight attendants at this party. And as a flight attendant, you cannot do drugs. You get randomly drug tested all of the time. So if you are a flight attendant and you want to keep your job, you do not do that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that there's flight attendants that don't do it. You're it, taking a big risk. It's if a you huge do. risk because once you get caught with drugs in your system in aviation, you are like blacklisted mm-hmm. because anytime you apply for any other job, any job with the like transportation system, whether you want to work on a train or buses or anything they're going to have access to that. Mm -hmm. So it's a really dumb risk. And so I just don't believe that if they were career flight attendants and they wanted to keep their job, they would have done that. Yeah. And another comment on this specific topic, it was reported that the police forced the men um, to say there was drug usage at this party. So three of the 11, they were forced into interrogation rooms. They were in there for hours. They even go on like interviews saying, you know, They wouldn't give us water. You are innocent until proven guilty. They did not use that in this situation. So they had no water. They were handcuffed to a table. And then they were forced to make false confessions saying there was drug usage. Which happens all the time. I mean, it does. Unfortunately. Because you're going crazy and false confessions are a thing. You know, and I think, I would say nowadays especially, Mm -hmm. like people are more aware of it. But, I mean, there's people that go to prison for freaking life because of a false confession well yeah because That's... you have these guys come in here and they're like say this and we'll let you go mm-hmm. okay well guess what because they had to make that false confession and they talk about it they're trying to charge them with perjury so they're trying to also charge them for lying to the police now now that that's out are you oh my god yeah so they said oh well we didn't force you to say that you said that on your own and because now you're coming to the media saying that you didn't say that and we forced you now we're going to charge you because you lied to us even though they forced them to say it which is i don't i don't even know if they can do that i i don't know either false confessions are from police wearing you down not giving you the water not doing this not letting them go to the bathroom feel guilty making you think that if you say this i'll let you go it'll be okay and then that's not a thing. I, I don't even know if you can charge them with that. Oh, my God. So out of those 11 men, um, those who were cleared in the rape and homicide of Christine DeSera are John Pescula de la Serna III, Romel Galdido, John Paul Halili, Giorgio Angelo Rafael de Guzman, Jezreel Rapian, Repan, which um, goes by he goes by Clark, Alien Chen, Mark Anthony Rosales, Remar Angelis, Louis Delamina, Jeremy Oris Cunanan, and Eduardo Pagillian the third. Again, guys, if you ever listen to this, I'm so sorry for pronouncing things wrong because I 100% know that I did. Yeah, but. I wanted, we're doing our best. We're doing our best, and I want everyone to know that those men were cleared. So they are not, you know, they're not suspects anymore. Yeah. Some of the things I wanted to talk about that go along with this case is the police chief botched this case. There are so many reports talking about that to the point where, like, he was let go. I don't know. I couldn't find specifically if he was let go from the police department or just in charge of this case. But clearly, he doesn't know how to do his job. 
and I'm sorry if that hurts anyone's feelings, but you cannot go on social media without 100% truth behind the statements that you make because you can destroy someone's lives off of something that you think or Mm -hmm. an agenda you want to push. Exactly. And they'll take it and run with it. Everyone will. Once you say something online or like in an interview or in the media, it doesn't go away. It is out there forever. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like when future employers look up these guys' names and then oh, let me watch this interview. You were potentially involved in a rape and murder? Mm, okay, pass. Yeah. I'm going to hire someone else. Exactly. Because they don't have that controversy behind them. There was a prime example. I watched The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Mm-hmm. And during Paradise, a few seasons ago or something, someone was accused of rape. Mm-hmm. Okay? Because they had drank too much. And the girl came forward and was like, he did not rape me. I don't know why you guys are saying this. This is crazy. But he still, months later, got death threats, got this, got that. Because it, someone put it out there who shouldn't have said anything until it was a fact or not. Mm-hmm. And now he has that connected to him the rest of his freaking life because someone decided they were just going to accuse him of it without even getting the evidence yeah and it it literally ruins people's lives so why would you as a professional come out and say that mm-hmm. and it's it makes it even worse when you're in an authority position to say mm-hmm. something like that because that totally just makes the person that you're saying that about if you have backing by like political professional whatever and then you say that about someone that no one really knows about and they don't have like a good standing in the in the public yeah they it's character assassination at its finest for sure so the police initially claimed that it was a gang rape and that reported around the world and then now have backtracked and said that that they they couldn't admit that because without an op they did that without the autopsy which is crazy yeah and in fact, the body had already been embalmed and ready for burial, according to multiple reports, when they made that claim. And by the time the second autopsy occurred, some of the evidence that was previously collected had appeared to be um, deteriorated. So then when they said, oh, we did find evidence, well, it's deteriorated. So now it's not conclusive. Mm-hmm. And then the Makate police chief, the one that's in charge of her case and who was the head person, he's now been removed and said that the 23-year-old had injuries on her arms, legs, and traces of sperm in her genitals. He said her death was a result of a rape and homicide. So he said all of those things, those are quotes that he had made without evidence. He's also quoted saying, only three of the men were to Sarah's friends. The others were practically strangers to her as they were known to her because of these three friends. He went on to say, for sure, there was force inflicted on her body because we found contusions in her legs and knees and abrasions in her thighs. And he added that semen had been found in multiple places in the hotel rooms. He said, while DeSera's death may have been found to be an aneurysm, there were factors that he says contributed. And he may not have been completely wrong about like her maybe not knowing everyone. And he is not wrong saying that there was semen found. Absolutely, but again, just because there's semen there, you don't know if it was the original people staying in those hotel rooms, like we said before, Mm -hmm. or if it was because two consenting adults were involved in an act, and that's why it's there. It sounds like a normal party to me. Anytime Uh I've ever gone to a party or a gathering, most of the time I don't know everyone. Exactly. I'll know maybe two or three people, and that's about it. 
Yeah. So like, why are they acting like this is such a big deal and such a mystery? Well, she didn't know everyone there. Most people don't. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? So the Makate City Prosecutor Office said that pieces of the evidence so far submitted are insufficient to establish that Christine DeSera was sexually assaulted or raped. And that's according to the New Zealand Herald. But yet, the chief in charge of this case reported to the media without proper amount of time and evidence, and without the proper amount of evidence, the proper amount of time, he went on and just, he said everything. It's a rape slay. It's a rape slay. Like, that's all you see all over these interviews. Mm -hmm. But yet, there was no proof to it. So I'm just going to recap a little bit quickly just to go over some of the things that I found. So... One, overall, he ran to the media without doing a full investigation. Again, how can you close a case within a few days if you truly believe it's a rape slay, especially with 11 people, and you don't even have all of the people there coming forward? And knowing even who all the 11 people are. Exactly. And then two, there are a couple things that I wanted to talk about that might be the reason for this. And I think there was maybe an agenda. So... Every other case, we always go at the end and tell like certain theories, mm -hmm. or at least we try to. So there was a potential agenda, and there was a few re few things, okay? So you have these men, and you have a young, beautiful girl that has died of an aortic aneurysm, which could have been totally just... A, just coincidental. A, a, yeah, it could have been coincidental. But you have a community that is used to being women being mistreated and not taken care of so you you get on there and you get on the media and you have this beautiful young woman that has died and you have people saying she was raped and slain okay now you have a community of people that have watched this happen for literally years and now everyone's pissed because they're like yet another girl well we're not going to let this one get this one's not getting passed by yeah so it's not going to be swept under the rug so you have a whole community that's like no we're not letting this woman be victimized she's going to get justice which is like almost a political statement. Exactly. Okay. So then maybe it's, I don't know how people in the Philippines view homosexuality. It could have been something to do with that. They might, they just might've been like, oh no, like I don't support you. Mm -hmm. We're going to have you be the, the fall guy for this potentially non-criminal situation that happened. Yeah. And then there's another one. So the president of the Philippines right now has a war on drugs. Like, it's huge. He's a very adamant, like, okay, this is what's going to happen if you are involved in drugs, blah, 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 blah. And then you have this party that's happening. You've got a lot of people at this party at a very nice hotel. And now all of a sudden there's drugs there. And the, pe the party goers are very adamant saying that there was no drugs there. And then when the police officers go and they do like chemical testing and there's no drugs, there's no traces of drugs found anywhere in any of the rooms. Which is crazy. So how can you say there was drugs there and then you force these poor guys into saying it because you're scaring them. And then, so that's another thing that people are saying, well, maybe it was, there was an agenda and they wanted the president's war on drugs, this to be like, this is an example of what can happen if there's drugs involved, mm -hmm. you know? Another and political statement. Another political statement. And then to really just solidify this, some politicians put up money and they had a bounty, like they put a bounty over these men's head. 10,000 US dollars. Which is a lot in oh, the Philippines. Yeah a lot so they didn't care if these men were harmed or unharmed they wanted them brought to the police station there was a manhunt issued for these men and so then you have some of them that came forward 
they don't want to get their friends hurt. So why would they tell them names? Mm-hmm. Because you have a manhunt. So if they didn't surrender within 72 hours themselves, force or no force, they wanted those men. And then $10,000 bounty over their heads that was put up by politicians and very, very famous public figures in the area. So like what else are people are, of course, they're going to believe them. Mm-hmm. They're public figures. Like, what the... Oh, my God. Yeah. That's another thing. And then, also, you're going to say that within, like, by January 4th, that it's an it's closed, that you figured it out. There's no way. Because you don't even have the identities of all the people. So, that's another thing that we kind of already talked about a little bit. And then, the Makate Police Department, they're being highly criticized for not carrying out a thorough toxicology report when her body was found. So, they try to perform all this stuff after the fact. Yeah. Which- so. Again, it's never good. It's never good. And the evidence, again, is not sufficient. Yep. Yeah. So you have all of those things going on. It is so messy. And again, there's still not enough evidence to prove that she was raped that night. And so these are some other things that I found that might be helpful when you're listening to this case. About 3 million people are diagnosed with some form of aortic aneurysm a year. And out of the 3 million, annually 15,000 people die from them. Yeah, you can go whole your whole life without not it knowing. busting. Yeah. And then just one day it does. Yeah. And most like you said most people die from them. And most people don't even know they have them until it's too late. Mm-hmm. So some of the symptoms of aortic um, aneurysms depending on if it's like thoracic or abdominal can be heavy or difficulty breathing, trouble swallowing as just a few of the examples depending on what form she had because it wasn't ever specifically said which one but they can be hereditary or um, congenital and something that I found interesting when looking up at aortic aneurysm is that they can rupture by stress inducing events whether that be physical or emotional according to a Yale study that I was reading so who's to say that the continual vomiting couldn't have caused the stress and make the aneurysm you know it, rupture, yeah. rupture yeah because when you're like profusely vomiting and sh- they they said they were like there's no liquid coming out and she just keeps dry heaving who's to say that didn't stress it oh yeah well and anyone that's thrown up you it's have very physical yes and it gives you a headache because it's so much pressure in your head of like the movement of throwing up yeah the like lunging forward right mm-hmm. away so that's what i'm saying like who's to say that that didn't have a factor in it well especially if it went on for hours than 10 minutes you know yeah, and she was so out of it that she was like no just let me stay by the toilet like i'd rather stay right here that's just something else that i found that was like okay could it have been just a terrible accident exactly so i also wanted to kind of hop on here and say a little bit about how you know the police chief he he made those comments and then you have like a grieving grieving mother so some of her statements i'm gonna read some of them so she had a really really blunt message for the people responsible for her daughter's death she said that they treated her like a pig and she didn't want any other woman to ever go through what christine went through and then one of the other ones that are more notable if you see the body of christine if you are the mother you will surely feel the pain suffered by christine from them but my daughter cannot speak anymore because she has died christine's mother told that on a head start program when she was interviewed she is fully convinced that her daughter went through something terrible and the thing is as i can't come on here and say that it didn't happen because there's not enough proof to say you know maybe a sexual assault did occur but i don't think it happened that night 
Yeah, like it could have happened prior. Right. That's just, that's what's really hard. And that's where it's like people that are invested in this case are like, well, she has these deep healed lacerations. I'm not saying something didn't happen to her. I just don't think it happened that night. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that her friends did it. You have someone who is supposed to be the all-knowing police. Mm -hmm. The chief of police telling you your daughter was brutally killed, was raped by so many men, was this, this, and this. When you start looking at these bruises, you're going to start seeing them in that in a in different the, way. Yeah. And then on top of that, you have them saying that there was drugs. And now all of a sudden you have this beautiful 23-year-old girl, drink spiked. She's been gang raped by 11 men. And again, there was no validity to these statements that he made. So you have this poor mom who is assuming the worst because if I was in her place, I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing. Yeah. So it's... Well, and you, you want a reason. You want... Other than, oh, something happened in her brain that had burst. Yeah. You want a reason. You... Of course you do. No one plans to bury their child, especially when, you know, she's smart, intelligent, she's doing everything, and she... Her goal as a flight attendant was to go around the... Show her family the, the world. Mm -hmm. And then she has this terrible thing happen to her. You want to blame someone, but I don't think these boys were the ones that needed to be blamed. So I know that was so much information and there's still talks about the family wanting to file lawsuits with the city because of how the case is handled and how the autopsy and the embalming situation, that whole fiasco, which I, I can't blame them. Mm -hmm. I really can't, they, they deserve something. Well, they um, just destroyed people's lives. reputation, lives, and they are putting all this stuff into her mom's head. They deserve definitely to be compensated mm -hmm. for something. But as of today, the 11 men have been cleared. There is no conclusive evidence saying that a rape did occur. But if one did happen, it could have been the reason she had the aneurysm rupture. But again, there's no evidence to say that that was what happened. But yeah. what we do know is there's a family over 8,000 miles away that is hurting and grieving. And there is a group of men that have had their reputations ruined without probable cause and missing the opportunity to grieve their beloved friend. They never got that opportunity. Mm -hmm. They were sitting in a room being forced to say that they were using drugs and all this other stuff happened. Not able to go to the bathroom, not even able to get a glass of water. This case is a cliffhanger and I'm, I'm so sorry, but I'm hoping those involved do find some peace, and that's really all that we can say about this case. And hopefully the truth comes out of whatever did happen. Even as a mother, you want to know the truth. For sure. Because these boys, if things went any other way, they could be sitting in jail for a crime they didn't commit. Yeah, and if, you know, if you messed up, admit it and give the mom peace of what actually happened. Exactly. Don't try to make it a different agenda to fit some sort of political... Because you're the one that came out three days after and claim this, close. this, and this, and this. Yeah, you can't say that. There's there's just no way. But that's really, that's all we know. And I, I'm sure you're sitting there looking at me, Jackie, thinking, what did you just do to me? Because <laughs> you're going to wonder, you're going to be sitting in bed tonight thinking, what happened? Because I have been for the last two weeks covering yeah. this case. That's what we've got. So please join us next week for the follow-up case that, for... I guess it's not really a follow-up for a case we've already covered, but more information on something that didn't sit well. Yes. We on a case that we've already done. Yes. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.